Well, Merry Christmas. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're glad that you're with us on Christmas Eve, ready to celebrate what's going to be an incredible... Everybody ready for Christmas tomorrow? Anybody excited about Christmas tomorrow? Those people that aren't excited, they've apparently been bad this year. They're not getting anything good from Santa. But we're glad that you're here. We're glad you're part of our services here this evening. And can we just give it up for our worship team and tech team just doing an incredible, incredible job. Hey, you guys, I know you're watching right now. Thank you for working so hard. They've, they've put in countless hours to make these services great, and they've still got more in store for you. So I won't bore you by staying up here a long time. I know some of y'all are thankful for that. And so, uh, but anyways, before I kind of begin tonight, I just want to let you know, and I actually want to invite you back. If you're a guest here with us or one of your friends or family members invited you, I want to invite you back on January 13th. We're going to be starting a brand new series in January on the 13th called The Me I Want to Be. And this is what I know is we all go in the new year and most people come up with some resolutions and by about the 13th, those resolutions have been broken. You know, it's like, and, and so I thought that, that would be an apropos time for us to kind of, hey, we know that we want to be something different than we currently are. I think God has some things to say about that. And if we apply some of those principles to our lives, it will absolutely transform our lives. And so I want to invite you back on January 13th for the beginning of that series. It's going to be great. I promise we have some good things in store. And so people love Christmas. People love Christmas for a lot of different reasons. Just by a show of hands real quick, how many of you all would say that like Christmas is your favorite holiday, favorite holiday. Raise them up, raise them up high, raise them, wave them in the air like you just don't care, all that. Yeah, I just wanted to do that because I always wanted to be a rapper. And so, uh, and, uh, so a lot of people love Christmas, and there's a lot of reasons people love Christmas. One of the reasons people love Christmas is the Christmas spirit, is that peace on earth and goodwill towards men and joy, like the joy kids have on Christmas. Other people, they love Christmas because, man, for two months, sometimes three months, sometimes 9, 10, 11, 12 months, there is this phenomenon called Christmas music yeah. out there. Where the, where, the, where the people that started playing Christmas music before Thanksgiving, where are you at? I want to know where you are. We're going we are, we are to have a prayer line for you after service, get you healed of, of that craziness i don't know what's up with that can can thanksgiving please have its day you know i'm uh, just i'm just on behalf of thanksgiving i'm going after it and uh so there's those people uh people at christmas time love it because it's a time when family gathers and and i love our team our team got this like stock image of like the most cr perfect dinner ever but how many y'all know that your christmas dinner with family never looks like that there's like somebody choking somebody across the way. It's like people are fighting, like people are angry, like they're perfectly harmonious and happy, just not true. Uh, other people love Christmas because they love to give and receive gifts. People love getting gifts. Some people, uh, this one of the reasons I like Christmas is because it's, it's like long holidays, <laughs> days off, days off from work. Listen, people that work at the church should not be clapping right there. I'm just saying. It's not a good sign. Uh, 
You know, people love the days off, but no, nobody's days off. No, no parent has it ever looked like this in your bed, has it? <laughs> like, you know, you're, you like got kicked out of the bed at this point. Like kids are sprawled out. You're on the couch. Uh, and then some of us, man, we love, we love Christmas, uh, particularly when we're younger because of this big jolly fellow named Santa is going to come and bring and make all of your dreams and wishes come true. And uh, we actually have Santa here. And so if you still need some dreams to come true, you can ask him about that. And you just, you just never know. Uh, it probably won't, though. But those are all awesome. Listen, I got time right now. This is my last service. I can go as long as I want. So, like, just go ahead and sit back, relax, and click on your seatbelt. It's going to be awesome. Uh, there are a lot of reasons to love Christmas. But I think at times it's easy to get caught up in the hustle and bustle and it's really, really easy to miss the reason behind the season. And we can miss the true point because we think Christmas is all of these things. We think it's the gifts and we think it's the days off. And we think it's about the music and the spirit and family time. And those are all good things. But that is not the point of Christmas. And any time we have a misconception about something, a misconception will always cause us to miss the point. And so if we have a misconception about what Christmas is supposed to be all about, it will always cause us to miss the true meaning of the season. And Christmas is supposed to be about the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so many times we get caught up in all these other arenas which aren't bad. Don't misunderstand me. Don't, don't think that I'm saying like those are bad things. Those are all great things. They're just not the greatest thing. And so when, when we miss out on the greatest thing, man, it, it'll cause us to have a misconception about this season in life. And so we're going to be looking at a story that is not a traditional Christmas story. So if you came here looking for a traditional Christmas story, you picked the wrong church because we're not a traditional Christmas story kind of church. So we're going to be looking at John chapter 8. There's a little piece of paper there on your seat that has all the scripture there. You can follow along. And we're going to be looking at some misconceptions of what the Jewish people of those days, the religious leaders, all had of what they thought the coming Messiah was going to look like. They had this perception. They had this idea. And then Jesus comes, and, and he kind of flips the script on them. And so John chapter 8, starting in verse 2, it says, Early the next morning, Jesus was back again at, at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of the religious law and Pharisees brought a woman they had caught in the act of adultery. I told you it's not a Christmas story, so I'm not going to read this later tonight. Uh, it says, they put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? So they're, they're, they're coming to Jesus and they're going, hey, listen, this is who we think you are. And this is what we believe you should do. And this is how we feel God is and how we perceive God. And what happens for a lot of us is we have a lot of the same misconceptions that these Jewish and religious leaders had in their day. They had these misconceptions about how they saw God. And some of us have those same misconceptions. They thought that mis one of their misconceptions was that God wants to come and point out all of your faults. Because it says early the next morning, which means they were out early in the morning looking for somebody that was screwing up in life so they could catch them in the act. And so many times we think that God acts the exact same way. Like God is creeping around the corner like Santa. You better watch out. You better not cry. I'm telling you why Santa Claus is coming. You, what? That's creepy. And we perceive God that way, don't we? 
He's making a list and he's checking it twice, right? But the reality is, is in this story, God isn't pointing out this woman's fault. People are. Have you ever noticed that? Like most of the time when faults get pointed out, it isn't God doing it, it's people. It's misconception. Another misconception they had is that God is this vindictive God who's going to get you. Why? Because they said, man, she deserves to be stoned. Like you deserve to be punished for everything you do. Like God is just looking and waiting for the opportunity to punish you. But the reality is, is that God didn't come to punish us, but to redeem us. God didn't come to condemn us, but to save us. It's a misconception. Another misconception that they had is that, that God is just this God that's full of rules. And, and how do I know that? It says because the book of the law states, which means that they were all about rules and, and religion. And so they're living this out and they're going, hey, Jesus, where do you stand on this subject? Because this is what the law says. And, 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 and Jesus is going, whoa, 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 whoa hold on. And, and I know some of you are going to push back a little bit on me, and, and I want you to. You're going to go, but TJ, doesn't the Bible have like 10 commandments? And I would go, yeah, they do. It does. And let me explain the 10 commandments to you because they're 10 rules for healthy relationships. And I don't know if you've ever looked at the Ten Commandments this way, if you've ever looked at what he says, but basically God is trying to give you some guardrails to having a healthy relationship. So, so Brandon is my friend right here. Brandon, I want to be good friends with you. So if we're going to be good friends, here, here, let me give you some Ten Commandments. Hey, listen, Brandon, can you not sleep with my wife? And I promise you we'll be good friends. Good. Okay. It's crazy, right? I just, I'm breaking it down. Hey, Hey, Ten Commandments. Brandon, if we're going to have a healthy relationship, um, can you not lie to me? Okay, good. Okay, okay. Healthy relationship. Okay, Brandon, if, if we're going to have a healthy relationship, can you not be wanting all of my stuff all the time? No, no. <laughs> like, hey, if we're going to have a, a, a healthy relationship, like, Brandon, if we're going to be really, really healthy, we're going to be really, really good friends, can you not kill me? Okay, good, perfect. But we don't ever think about the Ten Commandments that way. But the reality is, is there are some guidelines to having healthy relationships. And I think that every single one of us is looking for healthy relationships. And so misconceptions about God will always cause us to miss the point of what God is trying to say. And the religious leaders and the Jewish people that day, they had misconceptions about God. And their misconception was that, that God was all of those things that we just listed. And the reality is, is that what Jesus is saying right here is that he's going, hey, listen, I came to replace religion with relationship. That's the change that I'm making. Like everything that, that you just listed is all about rules and religion and, and all of these things. And I want to have a relationship with you. That's what I'm trying to do here. And so continuing on this story in verse 6, it says, But Jesus stooped down 
and wrote in the dust with his finger. And it says they kept demanding an answer. And I want you to notice something here because religion will continuously demand things from you. They'll demand that you always go to another place, go to a place where you can never achieve. And it will continually accuse you and condemn you and guilt you and shame you over and over and over again. It says they kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, stone her. But let those who have never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stepped down and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left with the woman. And I want to stop right there because it, it says that Jesus stooped down and started writing in the dust. And, and the question always comes about is, is like, what in the world was Jesus writing right there? You know, scholars have debated this for hundreds and hundreds of years because this is the only occurrence that is ever recorded that Jesus wrote something down. And so there's a lot of different ideas, and I'm going to give you my idea of what I think happened. I think Jesus looked around, and he started looking around at all the people, and he knew everything because he was God on earth. He looked around, he started thinking, well, you you called this woman. He, she was somebody's mistress. Well, I'm a write down your mistresses mary what's up dude takes off linda hello you know lafonda what's up you know and one by one lafonda was back in biblical times okay you think that that's just modern mtv tv it's that's biblical right there so that's the book of tj it says that Jesus stood up again, and we're going to go back to this, stood up again and said, woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? Didn't even one of them condemn you? She goes, no, Lord. And Jesus says this, neither do I. Go and sin no more. What's Jesus saying right here? He's communicating to all of us that healthy relationships are not built on rules. Healthy relationships are built on love. Right. You go try to build a healthy relationship on a bunch of rules, what you have is a contract. That you're looking to dot I's and cross T's on. Now, now notice this, that that in this story, Jesus doesn't minimize this woman's sin. He doesn't even say that she's not guilty of the sin. Like, like those things are all, she was caught in the act. She was guilty as charged. But what Jesus says is he says to, to everybody around, he goes, listen, go ahead. You can stone her. But you who have never messed up, you that have have, have crossed every T and dotted every I of the law, go ahead and cast the first stone. And it says one by one they got up and they walked off. Why? Because Jesus is trying to explain to them that, listen, if you want to have a relationship with God and you think it's going to come by you being good enough or knowing enough or doing enough, you're, there's never enough that you can do or know or be to achieve that. That is not the way you're going to have healthy relationship with God. In fact, the Bible says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, for all have sinned. That word all there, I looked it up in the Greek, and that word translates as all. <laughs> for all have sinned and all fall short of God's 
glorious standard. And see, what happens for a lot of people is because we have a mixed conception about God, it's caused us to miss the point, which has caused us to pick up the wrong thing. Let me explain. I, I was, I, I'm from the Chicagoland area, uh, so go White Sox right now, where we hope to get a free agent named Bryce Harper and we'll still be terrible. But I'm from the Chicagoland area, and, uh, and, and I love my city. And there's a story about, so I, I'm, I'm from the Naperville area, but I love the south side of Chicago. It's, and there's a story of, of in the late 70s of this, this fire that started in the projects. It started in one of the apartments in one of the project buildings in Cabrini Green. And, uh, and, and this fire just started getting out of hand. And as the firefighters and the paramedics and the police officers arrived on the scene, they soon realized that, you know, they could try to fight this fire, but there was no way they were going to get it out. And so they started setting up barricades around this building because they knew it was just going to burn down. And, and because there was a fire, everybody else from all the other buildings started gathering outside of this building watching it. You know, it's a spectacle. And as they're preparing all this and they're getting ready, trying to keep people away from when this building is going to collapse or whatever's going to happen because they don't really know what's going to happen. Uh, a woman comes screeching up to a halt in her car and jumps out of her car and, and it yells up and starts yelling, running towards the building, my baby's inside, my baby's inside, my baby's inside. And a police officer grabs her because he's like, ma'am, you can't go in that building. Like the, the firefighters have already said, there's, there's no, that building is not going to survive. But she's like, but my baby's inside. I just ran to the store to get some groceries. My three-month-old is inside. And this woman is becoming hysterical at this moment. One of the firefighters hears her pleas and walks over and goes, ma'am, what, what floor is your apartment on? She's like, it's on the third floor. And he gets the information about the apartment number. And he goes over and he starts putting on his, his fire jacket and puts on his oxygen mask and grabs an asbestos blanket. And before his, his, his ranking officer could even do anything, he, start, he runs into the building. And he makes his way to the staircase and and he climbs up to the third floor, and as he enters the third floor hallway, it is filled with smoke beyond the ability to be able to see. He couldn't even see the hand in front of his face. And so he gets down on all fours and starts crawling down the hall, feeling for the doors, for the door numbers on the door, until he finally finds this woman's apartment. And as, after he breaks the door open, the, the apartment is full of smoke, like there's no visibility whatsoever, when all of a sudden a flash of fire happens, and he's able to spot the crib across the room. And he makes his way to the crib and reaches down and grabs the little baby girl and wraps it up in the asbestos blanket and makes his way back down the hall and down the three flights of stairs. And right as he exits out of the front of the building, just past the sidewalk, the building behind him crumbles. And everybody goes crazy because this guy has just saved this baby girl i mean the firefighters are all cheering they're honking their their fire truck horns and police officers are going whoop whoop thing with their cop cars and 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 like people in the crowds are are cheering and this this firefighter walks over and hands this mom her baby girl in, in the asbestos blanket. And, man, people are just so ecstatic and excited because this guy has just saved this baby girl's life when all of a sudden you hear, ah! You grabbed my daughter's baby doll! You grabbed the baby doll! 
nobody can follow the firefighter. I mean, this is a guy that just risked his life. He saw the crib where a baby should be. He picked up what felt like, what seemed like, what was shaped like a baby. Only to find out it was a counterfeit. And I think what happens for so many of us in life is we do the exact same thing. We pick up rules, pick up religion, we pick up tradition, we pick up church. And it kind of looks and it kind of feels and it kind of smells like the real thing, but it isn't. And so after all these religious leaders leave Jesus, Jesus basically says to this woman, listen, there's all these things that look like they're good things. But I want to offer you something different. I want to offer you what I came to earth for, which is a relationship. In fact, in Galatians chapter 2, it says this. We Christians, those who know Christ, know that we become right with God. Not by doing what the law says. Not by doing what the law commands, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we may be accepted by God because of our faith in Christ. Not because we've obeyed the law, for no one will ever be saved by obeying the law. And so what's happening in this story is here is this woman that is condemned by men and religion and rules And over here is judgment. Here is stone her. And standing between that is Jesus. What she deserves and what she's done. Jesus says something really interesting to this lady. He goes, woman. Now we just overlook that because it's, it's just a common word. But if you were to actually look at that. The Greek word for woman is the same word that Jesus uses in referencing his mother. It's a term of affection. It's a term of endearment. It's a term of love. 
What Jesus is doing in that moment is, 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 is he is reaching out his hand into the middle of her mess and saying, listen, I love you deeply and I'm calling you out of all the things that you found yourself in. All the screw-ups, all the mess-ups, all the disappointments, all the letdowns, all the failures. And I'm calling you into deep relationship with me. And I'm here to tell you today that misconceptions can cause us to miss the point. And the point of Christmas is, is that God loves you so much. That he died for you, not just so that you can get to heaven, but so that you can know God and God can know you. So that you can experience a relationship with the creator of the universe. That we wouldn't grab hold of rules, that we wouldn't grab hold of religion, that we wouldn't grab hold of church, but we would grab hold of God. In this season, in fact, Romans chapter five, verse eight says, but God demonstrated his own love for us. The creator of the universe loves us so much that while we were still sinners, while we were jagged up, messed up, screwed up, don't have it going on. Christ not only came, but he died for us. And maybe you're here today and uh, you've picked up the counterfeit. Maybe you're here today and you've had some misconceptions about God and his nature, God and his judgment. And I'm here to tell you that our God is a God that loves you so much that he wasn't afraid of your mess, that he was willing to come and not only just get in your mess, but clean up your mess so that you could live a new life, a life in relationship with him and with every head bowed and every eye closed maybe you're here today and uh